smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast the deadline to file taxes for the current assessment year is 31 july which is only 2 days away last minute tax filing runs the risk of incorrect filing or defaulting on the deadline For instance, you may not gather all documents on time and miss reporting certain incomes. Or on finding a discrepancy between Form 26AS and AIS or between pre-filled information in your ITR form and the documents that are available with you, there might not be enough time left for you to seek a clarification from the IT department before the deadline. So if you're one of those taxpayers who still haven't filed their tax return, today's episode is for you. Hi and welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I am Shipra from Mint's PF team. I have invited Sonu Ayer, tax partner and people advisory services leader at EY India, to discuss some key points that will help you file an error-free ITR. Hi Sonu and welcome to Why Not Mint Money. Hi. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. Hi Sonu and welcome to Why Not Mint Money. Hi Shipra, many thanks for inviting me for this session. As we are talking about last minute tax filing, according to you, what are the things that taxpayer should note to avoid errors uh, in last minute tax filing? So Shipra, this is super last minute, very very last minute, and I'm sure there are multiple taxpayers who want to be able to file their tax return, but being 2 days away from the last date for filing the tax return which is July 31st is worrying them so i hope for their sake there is an extension but if that's not happening then some simple guidance that i could give to such taxpayers is that if you start to prepare your tax return now make sure that you do follow a you know step by step approach ensure that you've collated the relevant documents to prepare your tax return you know with such as at the very minimal uh, minimum you need your form 26 as and form ais which is the annual information statement you can download this from your income tax account but other information that you should have handy is your bank statements your uh, interest certificates issued by the bank uh, your portfolio statement which is be relevant uh, as you prepare your tax return so document collation is important and then as you start to ensure that you are filing a correct return and by the way you you know i'm i'm sure the audience would already know that they have the option of filing uh, a return by logging into the uh, online portal and file the tax return or they can do it offline and you know make sure that they are matching all their incomes being reported in the annual information statement in form 26as uh, and kind of do their own cross checking because last minute i think the hassle that one really expects to kind of encounter is that you're seeing some income being reported on the ais uh, which actually is uh, the government's way of compiling all incomes of taxpayers particularly those that are linked to your permanent account number so you're seeing those incomes reported in the ais and it sort of uh, you know strikes you oh no no this is not correct i want to be able to make sure so that's why i'm suggesting you collate your documents keep them handy in front of you so that you're able to reconcile your income with your bank statements with your portfolio statement with 26 as and uh, ais so that's that's one important step uh, then 
you know to avoid errors in choosing the tax return form that you need to file uh, because there are different itr forms prescribed for different income heads so make sure that you're choosing the right tax return form uh, the other thing i can also think of is that you know taxpayers should be very mindful that if they have any bank accounts overseas uh, or they have acquired assets that are sitting outside of india they must get reported in the foreign assets schedule of the tax return and if your total income is over 50 lakh rupees then your assets and liabilities schedule must also be properly updated and share details of uh, all your assets and liabilities in india including all your bank accounts immovable property etc so very very important what are some of the major changes in itr forms and rules for the current year that taxpayer should know uh this year uh, some of the things that are coming in new which is uh, you know income that you earn from interest which is on excess contribution made by you to the provident fund on uh, over 2.5 lakh of excess con- uh, excess contribution over 2.5 lakhs now that interest on that income is taxable there is a bit of a controversy around it you know whether the epfo would have deducted tds on this if they have deducted tds please make sure you report it if it has not been deducted and there's no way for you to sit and compute at this stage then i would suggest you wait till you get the actual taxes deducted by the epfo on it then this return this year would also have uh, you know uh, relief that you may have got from your employer or any benefit because of covid so that needs to be also reported in the tax return form so you make sure that you're reporting it as is very appropriately so uh, we know that uh, the last two years have been tough and particularly in maybe in financial year 21 22 as well that some employees may have got some benefit uh, or uh, you know reimbursement for covid related expenditure from their employer or uh, legal heirs of a deceased employee would have received ex gratia from employers or some you know family friends or relatives or unrelated parties may have given any kind of support uh, for covid related treatment so all of that needs to be reported it is uh, the government has exempted it from tax for any payment received from the employer and from third party uh, uh, such as relatives or unrelated parties the exemption is for uh, amounts received up to 10 lakh rupees now for that uh, uh, government wants us to report this in the tax return form so there's a Uh, actually a drop down provided in schedule e1 of the itr form if you're using itr form 2 so we need to report that so no does this also apply to financial year 2019 20 because i mean technically covid 19 struck in march 2020 which was still financial year 2019 <laughs> so it it does apply because the exemption was applicable retrospectively but uh, you know depends on if the receipt has happened in financial year 21 22 therefore you are reporting it in this tax return right so what it means is that our listeners can notice that for financial year 19 20 and 21 you can retrospectively still apply for this benefit okay so moving on uh, what you said about reconciliation of all the documents that the taxpayers have uh last minute it could be a little late for uh, taxpayers to get clarification from the it department before the deadline so in this case what can they do right so yeah real life you know as we've been preparing tax returns many taxpayers have sort of said oh no this is not my income 
Okay, my first uh, suggestion is that at least in this year, we found that the quality of AIS information is uh, fairly accurate. It's pretty high. Uh, and, you know, if you jog your mind and if you're reminded, pretty much in my experience, most people have uh, ultimately been able to reconcile this uh, AIS with their uh, transactions. Uh, I, I would therefore say AIS is uh, highly reliable, so go by it. But unless you're very, very sure that, you know, this is not correct and I have absolute clarity on my, you know, transactions, then you could rely on your own information and prepare tax return as per that. Obviously, the risk is that if AIS is correct, then you would have liability to pay tax and interest later. The good thing about AIS, the government allows you to put in your comment that, uh, you know, whether you or not you agree with uh, the transaction being reported. So uh, if you go online and go onto the AIS form, you can actually put in your comment. This is my transaction. No, this is not my transaction. I do not agree with it. So that, uh, you know, there is an opportunity or a window to go back to the tax department to do so. But since you are very last minute in preparing your tax return at this stage, it would be a really a call that you would take. If there is any doubt in your mind that, you know, uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I'm not sure whether what I know is correct or the AIS is correct, then I would say lean on the side of AIS because, uh, you know, we're preparing a huge number of returns and we are finding that AIS is a, is a high quality document. So you could rely on that. But as I said, if you're reasonably sure, then you can, you know, go with what you know. Uh, and uh, in any case, in either scenarios, do go back and put in a comment on the AIS to say if you do not agree with the transaction being reported in your name. The reason I say uh, the quality of AIS is very high because they're linking it with PAN and PAN is a unique number. So unless there is a major technical glitch, which we have not seen, uh, AIS will be correct. What if somebody uh, wants to report their income as per the forms available to them and not AIS? And, you know, later on income tax department flags something. In that case, what options will they have? And what you just mentioned about, you know, paying an interest on the uh, tax due. Can you also tell a little more about that? So, in a situation that you have, don't, you have your Form 26AS and you have your uh, uh, income documents and you have your own portfolio statement and you are able to compile your tax calculation. I would say there's another way that you can verify is that if you prepare, uh, download the JSON utility, which is actually, uh, you know, the base for the pre-filled tax return form available. There too, also, you will come up with a tax computation to say, you know, what are all your incomes, what is the tax due and how much tax that has been deducted or collected at source and credited against your total tax liability. That's one way of doing it. Now, we are saying that if for some reason, the AI seems to have entries that are erroneous and uh, and one is uh, fairly confident that these are erroneous entries. Uh, there is a provision to give feedback for the AIS uh, form against that particular entry and can be done. Uh, there's no time limit for it. It can be done post 31st July as well. And the scenario that you outlined where the individual wants to go by their own uh, data on income and does not want to consider the erroneous entry, which they think is erroneous in the AIS, they can do so uh, there I'm saying that if later it is uh, established that the AIS is correct, there would be additional tax and interest that they would have to pay. So that is the uh, consequence. 
but if it is truly erroneous and they're able to validate and get this corrected in the AIS, then there's obviously no further consequence. Right. So now that we're on the topic of, you know, last minute filing, uh, if somebody does default on the deadline, uh, what are the consequences, you know, it will have? So there is a penalty of 5,000 rupees uh, that would have to be paid and then a uh, very important uh, consequence to bear in mind that if you have any losses, uh, uh, capital losses, then you would not be able to carry forward. And that, if nothing, that should be a reason, you know, if you are, if you have any capital losses that you want to be able to carry forward, make sure you file your return. You can correct it and revise it later, but uh, do file a return by the due date in order to be able to, uh, you know, claim your losses which you want to be able to carry off to subsequent years to set off against future income. Uh, in addition to the late filing fee of uh, 5000 for a belated income tax return, you'd also have to pay interest at the rate of 1% per month for taxes that may be payable for every month of delay. So if there's no tax payable, obviously this interest at 1% would not be applicable. There's also uh, additional interest of 1% for late filing of tax return if there are any taxes due. If no taxes are due, there's only this late filing fee of 5,000 rupees that I pointed out and uh, inability to claim carry forward losses. But if there is the tax due, then you have the interest of 1% uh, plus 1% uh, for delayed filing. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for uh, giving us very useful information, Sonu. My pleasure, Shipra. And I, I hope this was useful for the last minute filers and they are able to go ahead and file their tax return. Absolutely. That brings us to the end of today's episode. If you would like to know more about this topic or make a suggestion of a personal finance topic that you would like us to cover, I can be reached at Twitter under the username of Shipra Singh Sorath and on LinkedIn at Shipra Singh. Thank you for tuning in. See you in the next episode. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.